0: This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM 560, The Answer.
1: Good morning, Dan and Amy. You thought uh, Buzzfeed was engaged in some shoddy reporting leading uh, many to rush to judgment about the end of the Trump presidency. Yeah,
2: Eric Holder was calling for his impeachment on Friday.
1: Well, sure. The story was that Michael Cohen was going to confirm that uh, President Trump's suborn perjury directed him to lie to Congress. And then came the statement, the rare statement, that's not uh, produced in the form of a court filing from the special counsel's office saying what BuzzFeed reported is not accurate. BuzzFeed standing by the story, of course they would, because what are the consequences to to doing so? Well, they matter. said that
2: you know after Robert Mueller's office released that statement, they confirmed with their source again that it will come out when he testifies, February seventh. Uh huh. So you <laughs> think that's
1: sir. you think we that's an instance where we've moved into if you want it to be true, it is true. In terms of the standard for DC reporting, Lila Rose, uh, live action, March for Life, hundreds of thousands took us full hour to march to the Supreme Court. Many said it, that it was their largest yet. I'm at the women's march now. This is the P march mm-hmm. for a counter rally with uh, Independent Women's Forum. Whole women's march fits into Freedom Plaza. Maybe twenty thousand. Looks like the smallest yet. Life is winning.
2: Well, yeah. The one they had here in Chicago, twenty-two people were there. Hmm. But they nobody knew why they were there because some people were talking about the government shutdown. Other people were talking about the wall. Other people were, one yeah. woman was talking about her great-grandma came coming here from Haiti, which had nothing to do with anything.
1: Why should they know why they're there now any more than they did two years ago? Okay. Uh, so uh, you can't report on life winning. You can't report on the disparate crowd sizes of the March for Life versus the P-Hats. So you take some video of uh, Catholic school boys confronting, or as it turns out, to borrow from Paul Harvey, and now you know the rest of the story, being confronted by leftist protesters while waiting for their bus after having participated in the, life, the March for Life. And you turn this into a national, international story of young people who are Catholic, who are privileged, or Christian, mm-hmm. or pro life, wearing MAGA hats, that is necessarily the modern-day Ku Klux Klan. And that's what the story has become.
2: Well, it's this group of black Hebrew Israelites. Have you ever heard of them? They're very vile, and they were shouting things at those kids.
1: Yes, the, the Black Hebrews is the name of the organization, and this is how it actually started before you got to the Native Americans, uh, Nathan Phillips and his friend. This is um, what uh, the Black Hebrews, this is their name, we shouting at the kids waiting for their bus. Does
0: anyone know what's going on here? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know you all a little younger than me. So let me show y'all something. Oh, stay back. Go on YouTube, right? And you have to look it up for yourself. Check uh, this out. Probably gonna do I'm gonna that. give y'all something. Check this out. Go on YouTube and look up Donald Trump kisses drag. You're gonna see your president kiss Rudy Giuliani dressed in a drag kiss. Your your president Who cares? is a homosexual. Oh, that's right. Who cares? <laughs> I got oh, no response. <laughs> Your president is a homosexual. You make us swear on the Bible. You got on the back of the court system and God we trust. On the back of your dollar bill, it says in God we, we trust, dude. but you <laughs> give <laughs> rights. The Bible <laughs> condemns homosexuality, man. They're still you humans. Guess what? Read that again, Baba Kishore. I will send him against a hypocritical nation. A hypocritical nation. You make us swear on the Bible, but you judge us by your penal code system. You don't judge us by the law of God.
1: So you had hysterics, you had uh, anti gay epithets, you had profanity.
2: Him, yeah, and they're calling them cracker. They're saying, this, you guys are the results of incest. I mean, they were relentless. It was about six guys, those the black Hebrew group, yelling at these kids. Here's, the, state,
1: here's the statement from Nick Sandman, who is the kid who was nose-to-nose with Nathan Phillips, the Native American, uh, about how this all went down. When we arrived, we noticed four African-American protesters who were also on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. I'm not sure what they were protesting. I did not interact with them. I did hear them direct derogatory insults at our school group. They, pro- they uh, said hateful things, racist, bigots, white crackers, the F word for gay people, racial epithet, incest kids. They also taunted an African-American student from high school by telling him he would that we would harvest his organs. I no idea what that insult means, but we, it was startling to hear. So they asked for permission, according to Sandman, from their chaperones, to start their school chants to drown out the black Hebrew protesters.
2: Yeah. And if you watch the entire video, you can see in that everyone's dancing and then
1: And then and then these other Native Americans, Nathan Phillips and a couple of his friends, come over beating his drum yeah. and walk up to Nick Sandeman, so says Nick Sandeman. We hadn't previously noticed them. They approached our group. They had drums and were accompanied by at least one person with a camera. Began to play his drum as he waded into the crowd, which parted for him. I didn't see anyone try to block his path. He locked eyes with me, approached me, coming with inches in my face. He played his drum the entire time he was in my face. I believed that by remaining motionless and calm, I was helping to diffuse the situation. I realized everyone had cameras and that perhaps a group of adults was trying to provoke a group of teenagers into a larger conflict. I said a silent prayer that the situation would not get out of hand." Well, that guy, first of all, he was misidentified as Michael Hodge first, so then Michael Hodge was receiving all the hate. Then they got the right guy, and now he and his family are receiving all of the hate, suggesting that this was, um, as I said before, a 21st century iteration of the Klan. And now, because only the first snippet was played of you hear students chanting and you see the nose-to-nose confrontation between this teenager and this Native American gentleman,
2: and it made national news because he's wearing a MAGA hat, I think. But,
1: yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a part of it. There's it. no question. Yeah. But you had all these people, including, like, the leading lights of Catholic thought in the world, rushed to judgment after seeing a snippet of the video.
2: They might expel him.
1: And now you've got, thanks to the, the a little bit of digging, you've got people like Rod Dreyer, who wrote a great piece called the Catholic Bandfa- Bonfire at the Stake, walking it back. Robbie George— I mean, he is one of the most important Catholic thinkers in the world. Princeton, we've been on the show many times. I apologize to the Covington Catholic boys. They're from Covington, Kentucky, if I didn't mention what Rod Dreyer says of himself. Rush your judgment goes double for me. I jumped the gun and that was stupid and unjust. It is I it is not um, not the boy. It is I not the boys who need to, to take a lesson from this. For more on this topic uh, and others, we're pleased to be joined by Rich Lowry. He's the editor of National Review, Fox News contributor, author of the book Lincoln Unbound. Rich, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. Well,
1: what what about uh, this uh, sort of uh, news cycle on this incident over the weekend? And, uh, you know, despite all we talk about and all we document with respect to misreporting and unaccountability from D.C. press corps outlets, we take we see a video snippet, and a lot of our better thinkers the world over go right for the left's narrative about these kids.
3: Yeah, well, I got to do a me a couple my, myself. Uh, Saturday night, I tweeted that the apology from the school was necessary and appropriate, and I actually tried to do some due diligence. You know, anytime there are videos involved and there are tweets characterizing videos, you know, you want to look for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought I had, and I thought that the school apologizing kind of must have meant it's pretty solid. And then uh, immediately people tweeted at me with a video that was from a different angle that showed – it was still just a snippet – and showed the activist slash elder, whatever you want to call him, approaching the, the kid with the MAGA hat, which obviously immediately puts a different spin on, on that particular aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But it still wasn't clear – Um, and and I didn't see until yesterday, the entire video where the context of this thing was if you you think the kids have mobbed the elder-slash-activist and begun mocking him, it looks horrible. If you realize, actually, the kids were already chanting and uh, high-spirited and jumping around, um, and for some reason this guy intrudes into the middle of them, and they, they begin jumping with him. Probably good-naturedly. You know, it's a little hard to tell 100%. And he immediately gets in the face of this kid. It's totally different. So, you know, I'm, I'm with Robbie George. I had a Mia culpa. I deleted uh, the tweet. And it's just a, a lesson that's really hard to learn in the social media era when everything moves so quickly that you just got to wait and hear from all sides. But I think we all so. have
2: to admit this wouldn't even be a story had he not had a MAGA hat on.
3: No, definitely. I mean that that's what made it supercharged was the notion and you know I was never uh, uh down with this obviously that, that these kids uh were Trump supporters therefore they had, had learned hate from the president and even though they're supposed to be at this event which is about protecting life and love they they because they're they know how Trump operates they they go out of the way to bully this uh this elderly a frail-looking uh, man who, who's just uh, beating a drum and, and doing a spiritual chant. So that—that that was the larger narrative, and that's why, just you know, the level of hatred directed at, at these kids was uh, was off the charts.
1: And and Ross Dothat, uh in New York uh, tweeted out, uh, you know, uh, maybe not a good idea to wear MAGA hats to uh, March for Life. And I, and I get that point, but but by the same token, I mean President Trump, Vice President. Pence was there. President Trump provided a recorded message. President Trump is whatever he was prior to becoming president has uh, governed as a pro-life president starting with the Supreme Court nominees. And so, you know, you can understand where the intersection of being there to celebrate uh, the notion of the sanctity of life from conception to natural death would intersect with, you know, the politics in D.C.
3: Yeah, and and just also, I mean, this march has thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, it would be like, you know, if the women's march weren't dying on the vine, which it is, and if Hillary were president, which she isn't, it'd be like people wearing a Hillary hats if she had hats, you know, at a at a women's <laughs> march. So I, I don't I don't think that's a legitimate criticism. And it's just also this this incident. Let's even let's just assume that the worst was true and the initial interpretation was correct. This is still like. Um, would have been an extremely minor incident that in the era prior to social media no one would have known about or cared about you know it would have been an act of rudeness that you know lasted 10 minutes and the country wouldn't have known and things would have been fine but in the era of social media just everything is magnified so these kids who are just waiting there for uh uh, uh their bus and to meet meet you know the the adults in their group and are being harangued by these uh, crazy uh, black Hebrews. There's a group of them in in New York. You'll see occasionally too. And all, all you can do is just sort of gawk and, and walk away. But you're 16 year old. You've never seen from Tennessee. You've never seen something like this. and You're being, you know, called these terrible things by these crazy people. And then all of a sudden, you're just like a national sensation, you know. And all you've done is just like five minutes of your life. All of a sudden, are magnified, and people want to destroy you, on the basis of it. So. You know, social media is very powerful. We all use it, you know, even uh, – it doesn't matter how much I complain about Twitter. I'm always on Twitter just to see what the latest thing is. Yeah. But it's obviously, in some important ways, made our public life so much worse.
1: I, I want to go back to the uh, the P-Hat march, uh, marches. Um, Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker, uh, the Jane Walker edition on their website uh, – To celebrate the many achievements of women and the shared journey towards progress and gender equality, we proudly introduced Jane Walker in 2018, a special edition offering of our award-winning black label blend. That's the Jane Walker icon featured on it. And uh, this is in support of the Women's March, the PHAT March, as I call it, that took place over the weekend as well. So the anti-Semitism exhibited by the Women's March organizers, Tamika Mallory, Linda Sarsour, Mm -hmm. too much for AFL-CIO, too much for the DNC, too much for the Southern Poverty Law Center. They all pulled out. Not too much for Johnny Walker. It's sort of a remarkable, remarkable moment for me, recognizing that I think today that it is corporate cultural Marxists who represent a greater threat to our liberty than your officious government commissar, and I wanted to get your take on that.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've seen it again and again. Just going back a couple years ago when there were these religious freedom protection laws considered at the state level, uh, Indiana most prominently, and it wasn't Democrats, it wasn't the media that took it down. It was corporations just getting on board a woke agenda, so this is one of the... Foremost challenges to the right, you know, going forward, that the corporate world is on a is on a, uh, the other side, and I will say just um, to to. Th- strike a positive note here. Mm-hmm. The reporting by a couple outlets on uh, the anti-Semitism of these key organizers um, of the Women's March was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it was not an easy story to write because in certain circles it wasn't welcome. And I, I have to you know, hail these various groups, all of which I, I disagree with and fight with on an almost daily basis, and a lot of prominent Democrats for pulling out. So hopefully this event is... Uh, is going to be dead next year and something better will rise up to take his place.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't even think they had a common group message. They're talking about the shutdown. They're they were all over the place.
3: Yeah. Um and uh, it, it just it it took, you know, I just praise the press, but it took a while for for this really the story to catch on and just the disparity between, you know, like the instant reaction against like a Steve King And how long it it takes to try to get people's attention focused on uh, anti-Semites on the left is a a really big disparity.
1: I wanted to uh, also uh, get your take since uh, National Review has opined against the president using emergency powers to uh, fund border security, fund the border barrier. Uh, After his carrot was uh, rejected over the weekend, what do you think Trump should use as a stick to try and get to a deal?
3: I mean, it's it's really hard. I mean, I think the offer is the correct thing to do, the, and I think you should keep offering. The problem is, you you know, you get into a situation where you're negotiating with yourself. But at, at this point, Trump wants a negotiation, and Nancy Pelosi wants a humiliation. She wants to completely just crush him and give him zero. And I, I got to think, eventually, some Senate Democrats will shake loose. Um, you know, as this thing drags on, as as it becomes a little more painful and real to people, and then you'll get some sort of compromise. But I fear it's going to be far short of what the what the president would have wanted. And just just one of my regrets here is he he his initial budget request was for 1.6 billion dollars for fence funding, and the Senate was going to give him that. And then at the last minute, he decided, well, I need 5.7. But if he he'd asked for 5.7 at the beginning. Might not have gotten 5.7, but he would have gotten a lot more than 1.6. So I I fear that he kind of stumbled into this without a lot of forethought, mm-hmm. and that it's that's probably not going to end well.
1: He is Rich Lowry, editor of National Review, nationalreview.com, Fox News contributor, author of Lincoln Unbound. Rich, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it.
3: Hey, thanks so much, guys. Take care.
2: And he joined us on our Turnkey Pro Answer Line.
3: Connect with Dan and
0: Amy using the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile.